Merry Christmas, Highlight Church. Let's give Jesus a hand clap. Wow. You know, Oh Holy Night is a personal selection of mine. I don't know, man, it just touches my heart every single time. Oh Night Divine. Our Lord Jesus Christ came into the world 2,000 years ago, and we celebrate him today. Hey, before you have your seats, please give somebody a hug or a handshake or a high five, then get comfortable. Thank you so much. All right. Oh, sorry. Hey, Courtney, the dancer, the violin player, the she is just phenomenal today. I got to get get out of this this morning stuff and just say today or this evening um, and let's give God praise for our worship team phenomenal job thank you so much um, so I'm glad it's not 10 a.m. and it's 3 p.m. so you should be wide awake and nice and hungry I'm gonna stay right about here today I might get preachy but I'm gonna stay right here today um, yeah, so how many of us are opening up presents tonight? Show of hands. God bless you. God bless you. How many of us are opening up presents tomorrow morning? You're superstars. <laughs> you rock. I'm not going to dig into that any deeper. Last time I got in trouble, so. Yeah, you know, I just, you know, I got to go here, you know. You know. In my house, we, we opened up one gift uh, on Christmas Eve, and, and there were only like four presents under the tree. And uh, we got up that next morning, and presents were from the tree all the way to the, to the kitchen and the dining room table. That's the way to do it. Somebody, come on, support me on that. That's <laughs> the way to. All right, I've just alienated half of my crowd. All right, anyway, Merry Christmas, guys. And. Um, I want to bring a message to you entitled The Good Night. I'm going to try not to be long um, because we got some more during this worship experience and I, I need to get out of the way, but uh, we don't want to hold God um, to what he may want to say today. So it is, in fact, Christmas Eve, and um, we associate evening with nighttime um, majority of the time, depending on if you're talking about 4 p.m. in the evening, 5 p.m., but we're heading into the night. Uh, whenever you see the night mentioned in scripture, it's not just the time of day. A lot of times, nighttime in the scripture is synonymous to seasons of adversity and despair and hopelessness. Um, night also represents uh, spiritual ignorance or darkness. Um, and so I know for a lot of us, the Christmas season isn't always an ideal time. Uh, just because there are lights outside and you've got your hot cocoa bar in, in the lobby and, and people are out at Target and you have your tree and you're off for a week or so, 
it does not mean that life is going well for you. And so the night is often associated with despair and adversity and challenge beyond belief. If you read the Bible through and through, a lot of unfortunate things happen at night, as so they do in our time. Um, also in the Bible, you find people. You find people all throughout the scripture. More specifically on the day that Jesus was born, you find shepherds. Shepherds were those um, who were guardians of a flock of sheep, goats, or lambs. And um, these shepherds on the night that Jesus was born, they were responsible for the temple flock. And so they had the responsibility of presenting uh, a, a lamb or, or, or sheep of without spot, wrinkle, or blemish to the priest. What the priest would do is the priest would take the sheep before God and sacrifice it for many reasons. One reason was for the sins of the community and the sins of themselves. They would kill that sheep and give it unto God. And so heaven, what, he, what heaven would do, send down a fire to consume that sacrifice uh, to show them that God had, in fact, uh, approved and affirmed and accepted that sacrifice. And the sheep um, in the Old Testament was always a foreshadowing of Jesus Christ. It's always a foreshadowing. I need you to keep that like somewhere in your mind tonight. I'll be done in about an hour. Um, but keep that somewhere in your mind. In about 20 minutes, I'll be done. And so um, how many people like the zoo? The zoo? Uh, that's awesome. You know, someone was um, encouraging me to go to D the D.C. Zoo. Is, it? is that the name of it? D.C. Zoo? Cool. Is that, is that pretty awesome? Yeah? Awesome, awesome. Um, anyone ever been to Disney World? Orlando or Disneyland, California, show of hands? Good, we're, in, we're an interactive crowd tonight, so uh, this evening, whatever you want to call it. Um, but at any rate, uh, if you've ever been to Disney with me, and you know I love Disney, have we ever been to Magic, uh, no, Animal Kingdom? We've never been to Animal Kingdom. And there's one reason I don't like zoos. The smell. <laughs> the smell attracts the bugs. The smell. And so the other day uh, in the basement, we just kind of did our basement up. Um, my baby is there, and, and we're watching uh, The Lion Guard. Um, it's a show off of The Lion King. And, uh, you know, he's three years old. He's like, Daddy, what's that? So that's a giraffe. What's that? That's a lion. What's that? It's a koala bear. What's that? And that's, as, that's about as close as we're going to get to the zoo <laughs> because of the smell. And the smell just all comes from the poop. So we, we, got, we got three things we're dealing with on this magical night that our Savior was born. <laughs> we have the nighttime. We have imperfect people. One thing I didn't tell you about shepherds was that they were considered unreliable in their day. And their testimony did not uphold in a public court because they had, they had the, uh, the mindset that what is yours is mine. A lot of shepherds in the day of Jesus, they, they took advantage of whatever, whenever they could. And so if it's your money, it's my money. If it's your land, it's my land. And so they weren't trustworthy. They were very dependent. They were always looking for a handout. And so this is the context in which your Savior was born. Poop imperfect people, adversity, despair, struggle, and loneliness. 
This is the context that Moses, uh, 1,400 years before the birth of Christ, he talked about the coming of a prophet that was going to be just like him, if not greater than him. The prophet Isaiah and the prophet Michael, 700 years before the birth of Christ, prophesied about Jesus' birth. And it was within this context that the Jewish Messiah, who they thought was going to be some type of military general, uh, Israel was always consumed with this idea if, if the Savior or the Messiah would be born, if, if, if they would be just like King David, um, um, if they would deliver us from the oppression of the enemy, from the oppression of the Republicans and the Democrats and my boss and my manager and, and my pastor, if, if they could just deliver us from the oppression, if that Messiah would come along and put all the money that we're going to ever need into our bank accounts, set us up nice in Potomac, that that's the true Messiah. That that we can't. And you know what? Even today, the Jews are still waiting on Messiah. They're still waiting on him. And they're two thousand years past due, because the Messiah was born, and he came, and he lived thirty three years, and he lived a perfect life. And so, one way you can define the Messiah is the Anointed One. You can also define the word Messiah as the deliverer. And it was never Jesus's intention to deliver the Jewish people from their Roman oppression, but it was always his intention to deliver the people from the struggle and the sin and the oppression within their souls so that they would be filled with peace. And so on this good night within this context, a baby was born in a manger. And that baby's name was Jesus Christ. Go ahead and join me in Luke chapter 2. Got about 15 more minutes. I'm going to work this here. Are we okay out there? Merry Christmas. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. I love that. Because it's nighttime, darkness surrounded them. That there are a lot of things surrounding you in any given season, a lot of circumstances and, and, and things hindering you. And, and there are a lot of things against you, but I love it how the glory of the Lord surrounds the thing that is surrounding you. The glory of the Lord, the presence of God, the radiance of God, the radiance of God came through and, and, and it surrounded them. It overtook the darkness, the despair, the grief in their lives. And it said they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I love this. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord. Wow, he just, he kept on going with names. The Savior, the Messiah, the Lord. How many people know that there is only one God? And his name is Jesus Christ. He's one God. I mean, I'm, I'm stoked about it. I don't know about you, but, uh, you know, this ain't even in my script. This is how I know it's good. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I'm, I'm going to still try to behave, but, you know, I'm 30. Been walking with Jesus for 11 years. Mm. So good. Oh, so good. The things the Lord has in store for you, if you just trust him. If you just follow him, if you just hold on to him. Come on, Benita. Don't leave Benita out here. So good. So good. 
And he says this here, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. The city of David. I want to point out something, that when Jesus was born, the good news, point number one if you're taking notes, the good news came to us. The good news came to us. The word there is evangelion in the Greek, the good news. Um, I remember uh, December of 2013, um, our son, who at the time he was five years old, about two weeks before Christmas, um, he was diagnosed with um, epilepsy. Um, and this, this shook us as a family. I mean, I, I, we were, were we engaged? We were about to get engaged, but still considered family. I mean, I took him in as my son. But um, we were just about to get engaged because I was going to propose there soon. And um, he, he came, my, our five-year-old had epilepsy. It came to our attention. Um, his auntie uh, heard him in the room one late night. He was having a, a terrible seizure. His body was convulsing and, and all this stuff. And so we took him into the ER, and uh, the doctor ordered a 48-hour EEG. This is where you get, get a chance to monitor their brain function and, and all their waves and all this stuff. And um, that was terrible news as we were heading into Christmas. We didn't know long term if this was going to affect his, his progression as far as his learning or um, he was going to have a speech impediment or something. But it, it affected us as a young couple. And uh, it was during that season where I developed such, such a love for my oldest son, Jaziel. Um, though he wasn't mine biologically, I developed such a love because I stayed with him for those 48 hours. And everything he needed depended on, upon me because mom had to work. Um, the Bible says that when you become a follower of Jesus Christ, you are adopted as a son or daughter of God the Father. So God's love is, is unconditional in that way. That was the bad news. We struggled. We didn't know what was going to come of it. We still celebrated Christmas. We prayed. We fasted. But what I didn't know was that God had already worked things out. And that in January, we were going to receive the good news. The good news. We had a follow-up doctor's appointment. And this physician, she came to us. She looked at his test results. She looked at all of his labs. She looked at all of his medicines. And she said to us, we were sitting there in the room, and she says, I don't know how this has happened. And this is extremely rare because usually epilepsy, it develops. Seizures develop, and you grow out of them maybe when you're a teen or a young adult. But, but she says, I don't know how this happens. Rarely this happens. But I just believe that we've just seen a miracle. Because there's nothing that can explain, based upon his symptoms, and, and how we saw him in the office prior to his 48-hour EEG, there's nothing that can explain him not showing any symptoms. And he is seizure-free. There's no more epilepsy. And you can stop the medicine today. This was in January. So in December, there was bad news. In December, there was despair. In December, there was grief. But God had already orchestrated and set up a context in which we were going to receive good news in January. The only thing we had to do is press in by prayer and believe that God was actually moving because he had already, in fact, he had moved. That was the bad news. But God had already situated good news. I'm going to talk about Adam and Eve later. God had already established good news through Jesus Christ. And some of you in here today, you may say, well, I'm broken. I'm lonely. Around this time of the year, I lost a few loved ones a few years back. Um, my money is not where 
it needs to be. I'm addicted. I'm on the brink of divorce. I, I want to drop the alcohol, but I can't. I want to I wanna drop the, the computer, but I can't. Me and my mom, my dad, my parents, my siblings, we're at odds. And, and life is just not all that. I'm not in the Christmas spirit right now. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a thousand myself personally, if I can speak into this. Uh, my dad is 80 years old. And unless the Lord heals him or the doctors figure out what's going on with him, uh, my dad will probably be dying soon. My dad's in Florida. And we moved here to start Highlight Church a year and a half ago. And I stand before you today preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. While yesterday I'm on the phone with my dad and every time you hear his voice, it's, it's going on a downslide. That's bad news. I should be home. But the good news is this. As the angel proclaimed the gospel for the first time, a savior, the Messiah, the Lord has been born in the midst of your darkness, in the midst of your despair, in the midst of your confusion. The presence of God is there in the midst of it all. And because of that, you have hope. You have hope. The Bible says that this is good news for all people. Think about it this way. All of you in here are listening to the same message. But based upon the condition of your heart, that's going to determine the fruit of how this message plays out in your life when you leave here today. Some of you are half asleep, and you're the main ones that need this message. Some of you are in a good season. So what you need to do, one of my mentors told me this. He said, you need to steward and manage your high seasons because the low ones are going to come. And I don't know, maybe you're going to need a reminder in January, February, March, April, May. But I just want you to know that a savior has been born. A deliverer has come. Hope is here. And all you got to do is receive that in your heart and it works. And it works. And you don't have to stay or remain in despair. You don't have to remain addicted. You don't have to remain down. You don't have to remain bound. You can get up. Because what happened when Jesus came to the earth, we tried and we tried the law. Moses, there are over 600 laws from Genesis to Deuteronomy that the Jewish people had to follow. Guess what? For centuries, for millennia, they tried and they tried to get to God. As a matter of fact, the other day I was with Judah, my baby boy, and I was going upstairs and he was behind me. And I went up the next flight of stairs and, and he had a toy in his hand and I heard a thump. Not a tumble, praise God, but it was a thump. And I'm upstairs, Judah, where are you at? Uh, uh, uh. It ain't funny. I don't laugh at my kid. Uh. Judah, hurry up, man. Uh, uh. I came down. I said, baby, what's going on? I said, get up. But you can tell that it wasn't that he couldn't get up. It's the fact that the fall had produced so much fear. I said, oh, ah, ah, ah. Ah, I said, I want to go preach. I'm, I'm going to behave. It had produced so much fear and anxiety and weight. 
that as a father, I had to bend down, get on his level. Do you understand that when Jesus was born, the word grace in the Hebrew is karis. It means to bend down in favor. I had to bend down and not say walk, but you know what? I'm going to take you up on my shoulders, and we're going to go to the top floor because I know you can't get to me on your own. So Christmas is all about God coming to you in me because we can't get to him. That's what the law teaches us. But thank God that Jesus came in grace. He came in grace. The good news came to us. John 3, 16 through 17 says this, for this is how God loved the world. I love it because he, th there was something inside that produced an action. This is why we did our genius of generosity offering last Sunday. Out of love, we gave over and above as a church. And let me, let me update because that video is actually old, even though it's brand new. Great job, Chris and Megan. Um, we, we supported more than 42 kids. Actually, Family Services called us back and said, hey, we got 25 more teenagers. A donor just backed out on us. We need you all to support if you can as a church. So it was actually 17 families and almost 70 kids that you as a church supported through your giving last week. And they're going to have a Christmas today. And that's what we do as a church. We lift people up. We create a space for people to encounter God, to encounter deliverance, to encounter love. That's what we do as the church of Jesus Christ. So here it is. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him. Hold on. Stop. Stop. Everyone who works for his salvation. Nope. Everyone who performs for his. Nope. Everyone who dresses and puts on church clothes. Uh, nope. Everyone who knows the Bible like the back of his hand, nope. Anyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. It was in the context of poop, darkness, lighten it up a little bit, and people that our Savior was born. Man, I love Jesus. Here it is. Verse 12, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly. <laughs> that just, that tickles me, snugly. Um, and strips of cloth lying in a manger. Now, I got to give you context because as the king of glory came from heaven, he wasn't born in a palace. A manger was where horses and pigs ate out of. So they had to somehow kind of clean it out. I mean, there was no palm olive. There was no dawn. There was no bleach. It was put some water in the sucker, get the hay out, and put them in here. As a matter of fact, when Mary and Joseph so showed up to the inn, they didn't even have rooms left. So they said, hey, we're going to have to send you to the barn. And it shows me that God can take you from any situation and raise you up. Because Jesus Christ is by far the most powerful the most mighty man to ever live. I love it, but he was born in a manger as a humble servant, the king of glory. And it says this here, suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven. It didn't say an army. All of heaven when Jesus was born said, oh, my God, this is what we've been waiting on. This is what man has needed since Adam and Eve. This is what we've been waiting on. He's going to the earth. He's going to fulfill his calling. Man is going to be redeemed, and we're going to have a relationship with the Father. 
the armies of heaven praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom who, with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. The shepherds, the people, the me, the you, the mistakes, the bad decisions, the debt, the, 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 the cheating, the lying, the stealing, the, the, the jacked up us. Let's go. The, the Savior is in our midst. He, he's with us. We got to go and see this. We, we got we to see it. And so the second thing I want to say is, is that when Jesus was born, peace had come. Peace has come. So when Adam and Eve committed the first ever sin in the Garden of Eden, they bit of the fruit. Don't have time to do all the details there. They bit of that fruit. This was the deal. God said, don't bite of that fruit because in that day you will surely die. Satan, who had possessed a serpent, a snake, said, you won't surely die. They misdefined the context of that word death. The word death in the Hebrew means separation. And so when Adam and Eve committed the first sin, what did God do? He casted them out so that they did not bite the tree of life. Had they t taken a bite of the tree of life, we would have been stuck in this. No heaven, no redemption, living forever upon the earth, a broken earth. So what happened was there became a separation or a tearing within the perfect fellowship of man and God. I'm going to tell you how good it was for Adam. God created a few animals. He created Adam, and he said, Adam, name the animals. And Adam said, that's an elephant. God said, you're right. That's an elephant. That's a lion. That's what I'll call it. It's a lion. That's a leopard. We're going to call it a leopard. Perfect fellowship. As a matter of fact, for the first 400 years of man's existence, we didn't even have to call on the name of the Lord because the Bible says that the pre-incarnate Christ walked with us in the cool of the day in the garden. The presence of God just right here. But when we sinned, that was torn. And so now it's been utter chaos, sickness, wars, death, grief. Divorce, abuse, wars, death, grief, divorce, abuse. Kind of like in my home sometimes. All throughout the day. <laughs> Lighten it up. It's Christmas. All throughout the day, just Judah and Jay everywhere. Just kicking each other and spilling milk and coloring on the walls and all this. But by the end of the night, once they're down, and my wife and I stopped blaming each other <laughs> about what the boys has done. It just, it all comes together. There's just peace in our home. And we kiss and we go to bed. It's Christmas. I tell you nothing. I need to hurry up. And uh, the, the Greek word there for peace, peace to all men and to whom God is pleased. God had become pleased with us because of what, what Jesus was about to do for us. Not that we're righteous, but because Jesus is perfect. The Greek word there is arene, arene, and it means to bring all of the parts together. It's God's gift of wholeness. 
The reason that there was peace and no more beef between you and I, our sin and God, was because Jesus was going to be the bridge back to the Father. And he was pleased with us. And it's by faith, it's by trust that you access this peace. Well, Pastor, I haven't read my Bible in years. Matter of fact, I left the church. Peace. Peace. Well, Josh, I, I just I just had the biggest argument. Do you know what I did last night? Christmas Eve Eve. You know how we got down last night? Peace. It's no beef. Peace. You know, I I haven't been to church in years. You know, some of you are probably thinking before you came in here, Christmas Eve, man, I haven't been to church in years. The place is going to catch on fire. I hear people say that all the time. Nah. No, not going to catch on fire. You know why? Because you're not saved based upon what you do. There's peace. There's love. There's hope because of what Jesus has done for you. You can't get to God. Only Jesus could do that for you. So there's peace. And and I really want you today to be at peace because you're not going to gain peace by the present that you receive. But you're going to gain peace tonight by how you access the, the presence of God through faith. Peace in the midst of the storm. All things together. Your soul whole. After the divorce, after the argument, after the bad decision, a lot of us right now, we're living on the result of a bad decision from five years ago. And we're not at peace within ourselves. We haven't forgiven ourselves. And what the Bible just taught us is that peace. Peace. That ain't all parts together. Forgive yourself. Forgive them. And receive and receive the gift of salvation this morning and the gift of peace in the presence of God. Let's pray real quick. Uh, Father, we love you. And uh, God, we thank you for coming in a context of night, the context of despair and hopelessness and grief. Jesus, I just ask that we would trust in you And that peace would reign in our hearts on this Christmas Eve. We give you all of the praise and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen.